We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow the Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connect together? This is Ludorg. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official pod of BoomtownHoops.com. Coming live to you guys tonight from, uh, from the YouTubes. We are live on the YouTube, but if you are not watching us live and instead of listening to the podcast version of this, hey, we still love you guys too. Thanks for tuning in. If you are live in the chat, uh, make sure to drop your questions, get your comments in. We have a section devoted specifically to those chat questions. If you're listening to the podcast version, please go drop a five-star rating while you're listening. That would mean a lot to us. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I am joined. Uh, we've got the the magnificent trio here tonight. Tommy Armorabian is to my right. That would be me. Oh man, looks like I'm like Taylor. How do I do this? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that's speaking out the window. Yeah, <laughs> Jake is wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt, and I sweet. think that needs to be celebrated. On uh, <laughs> oh, he has risen. I forgot what today was. I feel like everybody should say that today. Happy uh, Easter, everybody. Nate in the chat has already said, I respect the no post-game pod last night. Uh, call me our <laughs> post-game pod on the locker room About 25 app. minutes worth of it. I and promise just never I did. Got, yeah, he just never got the audio email to him. So we did a live uh, post-game on locker room. Just call me our never got the audio, which 
maybe isn't a bad thing after that game last night. We, yeah, like <laughs> I can tell you, like just from my notes, what we talked about, like we, we got so bored because it was a, it was a special <laughs> pod too, including special guest Jacob Silva. And like we even have it in the, in the, it was just so boring. So we, th- we, we wrote down thoughts we, well, we thought while watching OKC be bad. If you could rename the Thunder, what would it be? Remember at the beginning of last year when we thought this was tanking? Oh, it's not. This isn't bad. Uh, would you still trade for Cantor and Nurkic has weird a weird head of hair? So last night's po- post game was <laughs> covered a lot of ground. Very like, good. Like also- the, yeah, the beard hair was good, but the head hair was weird. It was whack. We've got that other voice you hear, uh, Taylor Peterson, along on the pod tonight. What's up? Also, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Dirtles. Dortles. Dirtles. Dortles. Dirtles. <laughs> we need to make a uh, a Pokemon crossover. Dort- Teenage Mutant yes. Ninja Squirtles. Yeah, there you go. Dort Besante Dort. Dort Besante Dort. I don't even know what that means. So basically... Oh, oh here we go. Had a fr- <laughs> there was a, a friend in my Twitter mentions who helped me out with it. But basically, um, one of the goalkeepers, like Real Madrid or something, tweeted out Dort Basante Dort, and it just took off amongst um, football Twitter. And uh, then some Thunder fans got plugged in, and they wanted it to spread. And so Thunder fans started spreading it, and uh, here we are, Dort Bison Dort. Spread like COVID. <laughs> Very nice. Ooh. Um, all right, guys. Well, we have a handful of things to talk about. Um, kind of feel like we're scraping the bottle, the bottom of the barrel this week. Uh, but we're going to make it a fun and exciting pod for you guys. I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about some of these topics. Let's start with the Thunder's weekly review and what a week it was. Uh, the Thunder <laughs> lost to the Dallas Mavericks on Monday night. On Wednesday, they beat the Toronto Raptors when the Thunder had like absolutely nobody playing. And this is the wild thing. That Thunder team beat the Toronto Raptors. And then the next night yes. both of those teams played, which was Friday night, that same Toronto team with the same roster beat the Warriors by like 50, while the Thunder, that same Thunder roster went to Phoenix and got beat by like 40. <laughs> and so uh, just, just totally wild. And then the Thunder finished off the week last night, Saturday, uh, getting their asses kicked once more this time to the Portland Trailblazers. So the Thunder go one and three, where two of those three losses uh, just absolutely getting smoked for the Thunder. I think a combined, uh, like, we tweeted out like 80 points. Yeah, they lost by like a combined 87 points in those last two games. They weren't very good. (laughs) Yes, it was, it was very bad. And it may, well, I was going to say it may get worse because Isaiah Roby and Josh Hall are now in concussion protocol. But the Thunder play the the Detroit Pistons tomorrow, uh, so maybe it won't be as bad. Uh, we will just have to wait and see. But guys, my question for you is: Is there anything that we can take away, or anything that we've learned, uh, or anything that stuck out to you over this past week of Thunder basketball? Well, Poku didn't play uh, the one game with the Thunder won, so obviously that says a lot right there, right? There you go. <laughs> hey, but if we want to talk about Poku. Um, 21 points against the Mavericks. He had, uh, there it is 20 points against the Suns. And last night, uh, I can't dang it. I lost it. How many points did he have last night? Not, not enough. Yeah. You know, (laughs) somebody's got to score. Somebody's got to score points. I take nothing from this week other than Teo Maladon, just like dropping a lot of points that one game. 
uh, and Svi Mihailuk, he, uh, he, we've, we've seen some of the things that they were talking about in Detroit where he was trying some more things with his game instead of being an outside shooter. He's trying to like Euro step, but like off baseline, which doesn't make a lot of sense as, but, uh, he, you know, he had a really good game against the Raptors. So. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of speed, um, revenge game for him coming up this week against Detroit tomorrow. Um, also we get Teo versus Killian Hayes, which I'm actually kind of excited about, uh, assuming Killian continues to be healthy now that he's finally back from his injury. Um, so that's going to be a pretty fun matchup to watch, but speaking of speed, that's somebody else I had that I wanted to bring up coming art because he has been playing uh, really well, especially this week, given more opportunity with all these injuries and stuff. And, um, you know what, I think what's really impressed me the most, is just, you know, obviously he's shooting the ball pretty well, um, but he's doing so much more outside of that, you know, driving to the rim, um, <laughs> obviously the monster dunks. I think when I did my post game last week, I mentioned the play where Moses Brown misses the free throw speed is actually outside. He, he's uh, outside the perimeter on top of the key. He sprints down before the ball even touches the ground. He, you know, gets it, jumps up, gets it midair, uh, dunks it, gets an and one and goes to the line. It's just plays like that. You never thought, um, that speed was capable of and uh, it's been really cool to kind of see him blossom i don't know if it's so much you know the the season and the roster and the coaches just gave him the green light or just the lack of pressure but whatever it is he seems much more freed up and a, a change of scenery was definitely pretty good for him coming to okc no i agree and it feels like Svi's doing some stuff right now and i'm interested to see what he will look like whenever Shea is playing whenever Baisley is playing, whenever Dort is playing, yep. whenever you get the main guys back, how does Svi uh, slot in at that point? Um, I think that bench lineup becomes very fascinating with guys like uh, Ty Jerome, uh, Svi Mihailuk, uh, and others that can really space the floor and shoot it. Uh, I think that bench unit will really kind of have an identity uh, that will be, uh, be, be fun to watch. So, um, but but I want to backtrack and let's call me. Or did you have anything you wanted to add about Sfi? Uh, he uh, Hamadou Diallo is gonna dunk all over Sfi <laughs> when they play. What uh, what happens if the reverse happens? And Sfi it's not Sfi dunking all over Hami. That won't happen. Hamadou Diallo is <laughs> gonna, homecoming. He's like gonna drop side. like thirty against OKC. Hey, I'm here for it, man. Stack up those L's. <laughs> Give us that thirty those piece. L's. Yeah. yeah. Um. I want to backtrack a second because we had started there to talk about Poku and I mean, yeah, the Thunder got their asses kicked a couple of times. Uh, I've been on the same boat that Kamiar is on and that somebody has to score the point. Somebody has to dribble the ball. Um, some of the stuff I've seen from Poku though has been uh, intriguing. I think he looks a lot more comfortable handling the ball. Uh, he's had some plays that have just kind of been eye opening to me as far as like, the skill is definitely there, and it seems like now maybe the game is slowing down a little bit for him. Uh, he's starting to read the game a little bit better. Um, he had, and I talked on this on my uh, Phoenix Suns post game with uh, our friend Mike V. Hill of the Timeline Podcast, uh, who covers the Suns. But Poku had a back-to-back possessions in that Suns game in the third quarter. The first one, he drove in and hit like a, a left to right crossover and then like behind the back into a step back and the shot didn't <laughs> rattle in, but just the move and the fluidity that he had that with, he totally shook his defender. That was impressive. And then the next time down, he came down and he threw like an off the bounce one handed 
cross-court pass through traffic that hit like a shooter right in the pocket. And yep. it's just, it's those signs that look really, really positive to me, right? He's got the balls to try that kind of stuff, but it also looks fluid. The skill is there. Uh, Mike brought up a really interesting point to me that that I really like. With young guys, it's not as much about making the shot as it is getting to the right place and getting being able to get the shot off, right? Like if you can get to your spot, the finishing will eventually come. The touch on the jump shot will will refine over time. The strength at the rim will get better over time. But being able to make the move and get to the spot on the court is maybe more important than, than actually finishing the play right now for these these 19-year-olds. Uh, and I feel like I saw a little bit of that from Poku this weekend. So I kind of want to get your guys' thought on that as well, on kind of what the growth you've seen from Poku is, um, what we saw this week as he's been featured a little bit more, but also just really from January 1st to now, uh, how much Poku has, has changed and, and grown. <laughs> <laughs> with your your can on here, <laughs> so uh, I knew what that was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, you go ahead, I, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it, Jacob, when you said that the game seems to be slowing down for him because it absolutely is. There's things that you can really take from um, his play over the past couple of weeks that I think will translate and only improve as he continues to get more and more comfortable, more experience, and continues to bulk and get stronger. Um, I, I really like Mike's point about get, finding the spots and getting to his spot, especially at such a young age um, and playing against guys who are veterans who are more developed than he is physically. Um, I think that's really important and just kind of shows his, his uh, potential um, to continue to grow. I, you know, I think that's going to be huge. Also a stat that we haven't even mentioned yet, which is, uh, was pretty wild when I saw this Melod from Thunder PR Melodone and Poku are the first pair of teammates in NBA history under the age of 20 to score 20 plus in the same game. Just pretty wild, um, especially one, the Thunder playing that many young players in a season. I mean, obviously we knew that kind of coming into this season, but just kind of thinking back on it, that, that's pretty crazy to think into the fact that both, you know, Teo dropped 33, which I know we'll get to him, um, and Poku's dropping 20. Um, it's pretty impressive, but we are seeing some consistency there from Poku as well. You know, his rebound numbers are staying around the same. Um, actually, I had a pretty good shooting split that I was going to talk about um, post-All-Star break, just kind of show his numbers. Um 11.6 field goal attempts post all-star break compared to 5.5 pre obviously that confidence and more opportunity has a lot to do with that, but the confidence is definitely there. Um, everything looks more fluid, just like you mentioned, Jacob. And to that point, 36% from the floor, which I know isn't great, but can compared to 24.7% prior to the all-star break and on almost six more attempts, that is pretty impressive. Um, 1.8 three point attempts compared to, or sorry, three-pointers made 5.6 three-point attempts compared to 3.3 pre-all-star just the confidence is there um he, he's shooting the ball more again some of that's more opportunity but we're starting to see them go in at a little bit of a higher rate so it's going to be really interesting to kind of see where poku ends the season i think um does he kind of just kind of stay where he's at right now does he continue to make small improvements um you know through these these last couple months of the season and we really see the big leap or see a leap in the off season it's, it's going to be interesting to watch He's a he's definitely a fun guy to watch. I mean, but his jump shots bother me so much. <laughs> it's like a lot. You guys ever like uh, you looked at you know you're you're let's say you're writing a paper and you ever need to use uh, not parentheses 
Oh yeah, parentheses, parentheses. You know, like you know how it's like shaped, kind of like, like that's what I was gonna say. He looks like a C half a when moon. he shoots the ball. Yeah, when he shoots the ball, he looks like a parentheses <laughs> mark. Uh, what a comparison! Because he's like that, you know, yeah, yeah. that. And his legs he do kinda, the same thing. Yeah, it's incredible. He puts his legs out in front of him when he shoots. A it's little almost bit. like a right angle <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. almost <laughs> like a right angle. It's pretty, it's pretty weird, man. He definitely needs to get some legs in this shot. Um, I think when we see his shot go in, uh, it looks pretty pure. It's because he's getting more legs into that shot. That's something he definitely needs to work on with his size. I know it's kind of hard with, but as he continues to develop strength, I think we'll see a little more. Cons- a, little, a little more consistency heading into next season. And I want to send but that man to Eastern Europe, Europe and learn from funny. Dirk how to shoot yes. a basketball for a tall man. Now, you imagine Poku doing one-legged faders in the in the yeah. paint. That'd oh, dude, fun. sign me up. <laughs> I I have not done this. Maybe I, I'll, I'll make a little video this week or something if I can find the time. But I'd be interested because, call me, while I agree with you where the form is kind of similar and, and it's not the prettiest thing in the world, uh, it feels like he gets a lot more uh, arch on the shot now compared to the beginning of the season. Remember he was like, the shot was very flat and like right to the rim. It feels like now it gets a lot more lift on it. And now I mean, it like, doesn't have Lou Dort lift. It's like a balloon guy, shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the trajectory is before was just a straight line. Now it's like a banana. Right. Yeah, I like that. I I love your analogies tonight. I know, really. Derek Dick, Derek Fisher's they top they they almost touched yeah. the they almost Derek Fisher's might have gone higher than Lou Dortz and Lou Dortz shoots that thing freaking high. Yeah, hey, man. Um, but I'll try to find a video of Poku shooting a three in like January and then Poku shooting a three now and see if we can measure the difference in like the angle. Now I'm not gonna do like some stupid like math video that's like <laughs> oh well if you look at the circumference of the round <laughs> angle of the square root of the pi but ju- just a visual right um i think it'll be i think we'll see a difference and and i'm really excited to see what happens with him uh like you said taylor over the off season uh we all agree the dude needs to eat like 10,000 calories a day um he needs to to bulk up he needs to just just lift weights nonstop all summer long yeah, uh, but i'm excited to see player. where he gets i wonder if he's going to stay in oklahoma city this off season or if he's going to go home to serbia that'll be fascinating that will be interesting that's a good point, good point. um one other guy we got to talk about well two other guys that i wanted to talk about real quick first one we got to mention uh Kami already touched on it a little bit but teo going for tying a thunder rookie record uh, with the That's one and only too. Uh, Russell Westbrook for most points for a rookie in Oklahoma City history. Um, what did you guys think of Taylor? What not? What did you think? Because we all think it was freaking awesome. But yeah. what was like the most impressive thing of Teo's thirty-two point game down in Phoenix? The threes. Is he gonna? Is he gonna take over that category of scoring the most threes in a Thunder rookie year that somebody just took the other year? Oh, that is a great question. I'll have to that look is that a good up. Question. Who who Very took that? Who took that? Was it because it was hard before, and then it was a Brina? Was it Lou? And then was it Lou? Oh, it wasn't Lou. I was was say, it a, kind of was it a Brinas? A Brinas feels like too long ago, and Brinas didn't play a whole lot his rookie year. Yeah, somebody you know, it wasn't did. <laughs> <laughs> somebody scored the most threes for, for a rookie campaign. For rookie, I remember this, and like, oh. or did that just happen this year already? Yeah. <laughs> no, who was it? Well, we'll figure it out on the podcast right now. This is a, 
great podcasting <laughs> of us just talking about things that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but no, I, call me. I agree. His threes were very impressive. Yeah, what's the meaning? Five of seven. Life? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I think that he followed it up me. with a one of seven night, but yeah, yeah he's a, uh, and I'm looking it up right now. Let's find it. Teo Maladone, um, up to 37% from three on 4.7 attempts a game for a 19 year old. That's pretty damn impressive. He's so stiff. Like he's, he looks like a Ken. He looks like he's playing like a Ken doll out there. Like he doesn't <laughs> use his, he doesn't really use his knees or his, his, his elbows. It's just like very stiff basketball player. Teo, the uh, Ken yeah, doll. It's, it's uncomfortable. Uh, like, the cabbage patch kid. Don't you just feel like he looks uncomfortable when he plays? Like it feels like very robotic. I mean, I guess it makes sense considering he had to play a very mature game of basketball at such a young age in Europe, but it just looks like, just like do like where, where like even wear a sleeve or something, wear something in <laughs> and like do something interesting. This is like, he looks like he looks like early NBA 2k graphics. Yeah. He <laughs> early I, I said NBA this a lot. Graphics. His, his game is also very conservative. It's like very right? old man game. Yeah. He's just like very conservative. I'm not going to mess anything up. Uh, but the thing that impressed me, I think, the most in that Phoenix game, the threes were impressive. He took 10 free throw attempts. Yep. He was getting downhill. He was getting to the basket. And he was getting fouled, which is, I think, something that you really like to see from Big a rookie, right? Well, and we, and we talked about that with Shea last season, obviously not as a rookie, but something we wanted to see this year, specifically with him kind of being the focal point of an offense, is like you said, Jacob, that next step he really needed to take was getting to the line, which he's done more this season. Um, seeing Teo do that so at such a young age, obviously, was, was a big thing. And not only 10, um, 10 free throw attempts, but also shot the ball 18 times, which, like, to Kamir's point, you know, I was going to bring that up as well. We don't see that from, from Teo to the point that even Dignall and some of his press game uh, press game post game pressers um has has mentioned wanting to see Teo be a little more aggressive and how the coaching staff has encouraged him to be so when we have all these these injuries all these guys sitting um like Shay Lou even Baisley it for for Teo to come out there and continue to be aggressive shoot the ball 18 times get to the get to the rim or yeah getting to the rim but getting to the free throw line 10 times like Jacob mentioned I think that's a, a lot of progression there um so another guy I'm really excited to kind of watch as he has more and more opportunity. Uh, does he continue to make smaller leaps throughout the, the rest of this season? Do we see more of a bigger leap coming in the off season? How does gr the growth look for all these guys? Because you know, we mentioned this a lot in the past, obviously the growth isn't linear for each player. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to continue to watch, but Taylor was a ton of fun, especially in that Phoenix game, but all week just continuing to create for his teammates and just continuing to watch him be more and more aggressive. I think each game. No, I agree. It's um, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys end up at and how they finish the season and how they come back in season two and where they look five years from now. So speaking of that, I think that's a great transition point. Um, I wanted to talk about what I call the OKC development factory because I feel like we see this time and time again. The Thunder, um, now they don't hit on all of them, right? Terrence Ferguson is a, is a prime example, but... Uh, especially this season, we're seeing the Thunder take a lot of these guys last season. We saw the same thing and really develop them and turn them into something like incredibly productive. Um, and so I wanted to ask you guys uh, about the way the Thunder have been developing guys. And and my first point was Poku and Teo. Uh, we've been talking a lot about them anyways. Um, but what are some, some things that you see, uh, 
I don't care if it's Poku, Teo, uh, Moses Brown, if it's Kenny Hustle, what are you seeing from some of these Thunder players uh, that just really stands out to you as far as development? Defensive intensity. Uh, that's something yep. that doesn't just take natural ability. It's something that takes a lot of coaching and a lot of discipline and teaching that discipline, especially like the kind of defense that OKC wants to play, which is very aggressive. Uh, they're not trying to switch off ball that much, but they do when necessary. And uh, not jumping at three-point shooters. I feel like this team defensively, like they're a young team, and they haven't really jumped at many three-point shooters as I thought they would this year. They've actually played really well defensively just by hustling their asses off. And so uh, that's something that you, you can admire, I guess, about the OKC culture and staff is the reason why they're able to stay in these games except you know the last two games when you have like seven guys available and most of them are under the age of 20 um that you still have that defensive intensity that can uh, keep you in a lot of games unless somebody's getting hot i like that i think just to add on to that as a whole just like the thunder culture in general and um how these coaches are putting these, these players in, in the right situations um they aren't just you know <laughs> throwing out poku with a bunch of bigs and telling him to run point guard or something like that um, they're willing to get these players outside their comfort zones and develop them but at the same time um it, it's all within the system and i think that is really important at least to the confidence that some of these players have and that we're continuing to see some of their progression i think one player specific example that we haven't mentioned yet just because i know he had kind of a rough last two games against phoenix and then obviously got concussed uh against portland last night on saturday night but isaiah roby and that was a player, you know, I talked about him in my post game this past week. Um, we all have talked about him recently, you know, how back preseason we all were like, eh, cut Roby and keep uh, Frank Jackson. <laughs> and yeah. he has proven us wrong. Because not only it has, and it's not just he's having good games and, and, and just doing things on it, like you guys have said, a team that he has a lot more opportunity to showcase <laughs> these things, but he's doing it consistently. Um, we continue to see him be more aggressive. Like I think it was that game last week, um, but it might have been the Raptors game where he only had like, I say only, I think he only had like five or six points on limited shot attempts in the first half comes out in the second half and just absolutely tore it up. Um, we saw him do like a nice spin move to the basket. He has super crafty finishes, but he's also finding teammates. He's had some really nice passes down low to, to down low to other bigs. Um, a lot of people say that Isaiah Roby's primary position might be like the backup, might be like a backup center or small ball five. I completely disagree. I think he's perfect at the power forward. Could even see him playing like some limited, three some limited small forward minutes which seems crazy but i think he possesses that versatility and seeing his three-point shot continue to progress um, has been really good as well so uh, as a row is kind of a player a specific a player specific example when did he get concussed in the game i don't remember That's, he's getting i didn't either it had <laughs> to have been like at the beginning of the game because this man was terrible last night True. he was awful True. he had like eight turnovers he was didn't just, know what the hell was going on half yeah the time. like i was like <laughs> me and silver were looking at each other like this guy is playing horrible but bad he was like, out of it <laughs> no wonder they're down <laughs> like 40 points it yeah. probably happened when none of us were watching and we were watching jalen suggs instead mm. God. <laughs> that was that might have been what, happened. what a shot and yes, what a sequence he had oh in the second half i, I won't like that was, I was, oh. I was, I just jumped up. And I started screaming and doing yes, the worm. I did too. I was outside and I was like, I totally just woke up my neighbors. Like <laughs> it was, uh, it was very impressive. Um, here's my thought kind of on the, on the thunder development this season. Uh, and I'm going to compare it to seasons prior. So I don't even remember how long ago this was. It feels like forever. Um, the thunder were headed towards the playoffs. 
had title aspirations uh, and wanted a more experienced player uh, off the bench. So they went and got Karam Butler mm-hmm. and they, they slid Jeremy Lamb down to the end of the, the bench and did not let him uh, get that experience throughout the rest of the season. Right. The focus for the team then was what can we do to get as many W's as possible? The focus this season and, and Mark Dagnall and, and the front office and the, the coaching staff and the players have talked about it. They go into every game with this zero and zero mentality, right? Um, they go into every game. How can I be a better basketball player than I was last night or two nights ago? It's very clear that the the goal this season is not how many games can we win? The goal is how much growth can we see from our players, right? The the focus uh, and the attention has shifted in the coaching staff and in the front office. And I think that's just natural when you have Shea Gilgis-Alexander and, and Al Horford versus Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Right. Uh, that, that attention is going to shift, right? And And so I think part of it is just opportunity as well. But you can't discredit what this coaching staff has done. I think Mark Dagnall has been incredibly impressive this season. I think his staff has been awesome this season. Um, now it's going to be interesting once the Thunder get past the development stage and get into the winning stage, what does Mark Dagnall look like? Uh, but as of as of what they need for right now, I think Dagnall has been very impressive and his staff have done a tremendous job in just keeping these guys grounded and keeping their focus on growing uh, instead of the final score on the scoreboard. Absolutely. I like that a lot. And uh, even games where they win, <laughs> you heard Dignall, you know, still mentioning things that they can improve on and work on. Um, and, and I'm with you. I think he's done a great job. In fact, I'm trying to remember who it was um, here a couple of weeks ago, somebody, some national media person, maybe it was John Hollinger at the athletic um, stayed, you know, after one of those games that OKC won, I can't remember which one it was, but probably similar like to the Raptors game, um, a game where a lot of people didn't think they had any business winning. They come out, play the right way, work their butts off, and um, had some big performances from random players, and they end up winning the game. And uh, he tweeted out, somebody tweeted out that Mark Dagnall should obviously maybe not win Coach of the Year, but his name should be in consideration. He should at least be getting some acknowledgement just based off the work that he's done with these young players and the development. So I'm with you, Jake. Speaking of development, it's going to be interesting to watch Mark, uh, Coach Dagnall, and his staff as a whole. You know, Mike Miller, all those guys continue to develop as a team. Um, you know, works its way back towards contention because um, you still have to balance the player development. You're still going to have these young guys, like you know, whoever the Thunder drafts the, over these next couple of drafts. But Shea's getting older, and you're going to want to be bringing other players in, more experienced players in around them to help them continue to compete for the playoffs and eventually a championship. So you're going to have to balance both the player development and in-game situations. And so that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, but Definitely. You, well, I guess we got to see it some with OKC Blue, and he did a good job there. Mm-hmm. Call me, were you about to say something? No, so I thought of something <laughs> I was going to say, and I thought, I said, you know what? I'm going to save this for later because it fits more in, the, in, in something else. So, yeah, I, okay. I got something on the brain, but I'm going to keep it and Touché. save it for later. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of development and how well the Thunder have been able to develop these young guys, uh, this leads me to, is this going to shift the draft strategy? Are the Thunder going to be as obsessed with top five picks? Uh, 
when they feel so confident in their player development that let's say the Thunder end up with like pick number seven this year. Do they decide to be less aggressive in trying to trade up and give up a ton of future assets because they feel so confidently about their their player development? Gomez is pretty adamant. Nah. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, they're trying to get the best player, and then hopefully they can also elevate that best player's you know abilities and through their regimen and training, whatever. Um, I hope they're not going to take a project. They're trying not to take a project this year. I mean, like the last. I mean, think about it. The last like player that OKC drafted, like actually drafted, not signed after the second round was over, like Lou Dort. Uh, after actually drafted, that was ready to play pretty well. Immediately, like, what, like, would it be Mitch McGarry? I'd have to look yeah. back at the draft list. <laughs> That's it's somewhere fair. around, it's it's somewhere around Mitch, right? It's somewhere around Mitch. He was a double double guy the first time he came out a couple times, right? Yeah. We called him McDouble. Um, but uh, I, then he all I remember is he ran Big Baby Davis into the dirt. Yeah, like literally the first game there, <laughs> Big Baby's back. He he couldn't take it anymore. It's his sciatica. But yeah, I mean, Mitch McGarry. <laughs> He 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 ran off two straight double doubles to start his career, and he could have had a really good career if he was, would have laid off the weed. But you know, stay off the he's, weed. Uh, yeah. He's in outer space somewhere. Don't think he's come down yet. <laughs> Maybe at a bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I I think you're right, Comiar. Like imagine getting one of those at the, back when we did that podcast with Tyler Parker. My whole conspiracy theory about teams purposely trying to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let the thunder the cabal, win the cabal so that way, of teams. So, yeah that's right that's right so that way you know that sam pressy doesn't get a Cade cunningham or jalen suggs in his program and in his culture because they're going to develop him and do a great job with it but knowing sam presty um he's been scouting these guys i mean they're this the whole organization has been scouting these guys for a long time uh, even prior to this season he probably has a pretty good idea of who he wants and when he does want somebody bad enough i think we're going to see him go after them uh you know 100 it's just really going to be interesting. You know, a, a lot of that still depends, and this is super obvious, but on the Thunder's draft position come draft lottery, which we found out it's going to be June 22nd, I believe. Yep. Um, so that's nice that we have a date. That'll be fun. I'm going to be super nervous that day. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think Sam's going to be re- aggressive regardless. Do you know how Sam Presti found Cade Cunningham? What do you mean? Like, you know how he, like, first, like, he was one of the first people to actually go on Cade Cunningham's kind of the whatever his like his his scouting tape did you guys know that i did not know that yeah he found him when he was his uh his uh substitute teacher in kindergarten he was dunking on everybody he was wild (laughs) (laughs) i hate you (laughs) um you totally derailed my thought process isaiah (laughs) roby was there too he looks the same it's weird (laughs) (laughs) it's the exact same Uh, well also speaking of of draft picks um one thought that i've really tried to avoid uh because i don't think it will happen uh but the more i think about it like in reality i don't know shit right like we have no clue what what the thunder will do (laughs) i think a lot of us on this podcast have said the most likely outcome with all of these draft picks is that the thunder are going to package picks to move up in the draft and get guys they want. Right. Nick says we can't do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that we are going to uh, package picks to, to go get the next disgruntled star, but for argument's sake, let's say 
the Thunder do decide to go and get a more established player to put next to Shea to see what happens. That that Shea pushes the timeline of this team forward a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, as of right now, what are some logical fits, uh, players that may end up not wanting to stay with their team long-term uh, that the Thunder could go and trade four, five, six picks for uh, to pair with Shea now to be a more, much more competitive basketball team? Are, are there about, any players that come to mind? We've talked about John Collins already from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And that would I be like fun. He would have somebody to actually lob the ball to. Right. He's like a much better version of what you want Baisley to be, if you think about it. Yeah. That's my fair. worry with John Collins, like, I think it would be fun. How far does that move the needle? Like, how, how much higher does that make your ceiling? Right. Like, a lot higher than Baisley's ceiling. <laughs> I agree. But, like, Regular are you giving season, up yes. like four but, picks for him? Right. Are you that much closer to know. the championship? And, yeah. Uh, you're closer to a championship. Well, you how how much how far are you emptying the treasure trove for John Collins? Christ. No, well, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. Not that much because if you're gonna if you're like if you could somehow maneuver and get like John Collins and Jonathan Kaminga or somebody that can like play those stretch positions, then that would be like ideal. But you have to like we have to like bang on it in the in the lotto this year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I wouldn't offer like more than two picks for John Collins. He's not established and he's not a max player in my opinion. But Drew Holiday is today. Yeah, shout out to Drew. Um, what about? Oh, did we lose Taylor? I think so. I think we lost Taylor. He said it froze. Yep, his computer froze. Oh, well. frozen with a smile. I do not know if anybody else can still hear us because Taylor was the one streaming. So uh, we're going to find out. This might be fun. If you guys can still hear us, please uh, please hit us in the chat so we know. Um, call me out. What about Carl Anthony Towns? I would hate Carl Anthony Towns in OKC. Why would you like Carl Anthony Towns? The idea, people are telling us we're still good, so we're going to keep the recording going. Um He's fascinating, but the price he's going to come at and the age that he's already at, uh, I'm just not a fan. I think he would cost too much money. He would cost too many draft picks. He sucks on defense. And again, yeah, what? where is he raising your ceiling to? I, I think if we're talking year three, Carl Anthony Towns, I think this is a different discussion. It's but like, I, it's like at, w- at what point does a player become too ingrained in the culture that they're in and get too far into their career that you cannot course correct, right? I think year three cat, you could get him in Oklahoma city and turn him into a defensive player. I don't know if you can do that now. To me, Carl Anthony towns is, and always was, and this might be a hot take. Oh, I'm ready. A souped up version of Jaleel Okafor. Oh, that does sound kind of hot. Like if you took, if you took a, if you took Squirtle and just for somehow put Blastoise's armor all over somebody else, I don't know. It basically, <laughs> basically making them super amazing. Uh, but yeah, man, he like they play no defense. Cat is so terrible on defense, and the fact that they have D'Lo on that team not also playing defense. He's not playing right now, anyways. But 
They're just really bad defense so, right they're now. They're just so bad. And I would never want Cat on this team. He's an attitude thing. Like, not that OKC's culture couldn't fix it because it's Minnesota. Like, can you imagine, like, going to work every day where you suck and also it's freezing outside? That sounds like the worst-case scenario, but that's what they do every day. Yeah. So I, w- I would hate to be a Timberwolf, and I would hate to be Cat. And I would – well, I mean, like, but what are, what are other t- – Guys that you could even pair with Shea. You you want you would want Sabonis back, but he loves Indiana. Yeah, and I don't know if you could get Sabonis back. Um, you know, people are always gonna say Brad Beal. I just I don't think you want to get a guy that I mean, and Brad's not old, old but I don't think old. you want to yeah, I think you want to get someone closer to Shea's age. And I don't know which of those players are are going to be available, you know, and so that makes it pretty interesting. Do we have Taylor back now? Yeah. That was, there we go. It he was, is, uh, he is back. I can't believe the um, man, that's nice. <laughs> oh, no. let me, let, let me ask you this. I don't think this guy would become available, but let's say you had to trade five firsts to get him, um, in some sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, sign and trade type of deal or, uh, trade and extend type of deal. What do you feel about Trey Young? No, gross. <laughs> Absolutely not. No really? chance in hell. No, I don't want Trey Young on the team. You think this man, like, come on, dude. This dude, like, he 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 is so selling the NBA on the idea that he is Steph 2.0 with worse hair and better ankles. <laughs> and like he can't play defense because he's just so tiny. Even if he puts on muscles, like he's just a very skinny guy. He's never gonna get jacked. He's always gonna be a lot smaller than Shea physically and in stature. You imagine if he had to guard somebody like Jalen Brown, who's also a guard or slash forward, it's not gonna work out well. And those that's just the three. This guy can't guard bigger point guards in the NBA like the NBA is heading towards it's always been heading towards bigger stronger athletic point guards and that he he's does not have a place in the floor so every anytime you go to the playoffs unless he's just like lights out like Steph has been then he's gonna get smoked I would hate for Trey Young to be back in OKC I mean like it'll be fun with the hometown vibes whatever but and he would sell jerseys but no he no no I don't think nothing. you're winning with it, it, it kind of it comes back to the championship thing, right? Like, I don't know if that makes you more of a championship contender. Like, in theory, I think Trey and his elite shooting next to a player like a, a creator like Shea and having Trey, another ball handler who also can create for teammates. Um, and like I said, just has that almost unlimited range. It's like super fun and, and could really work well together. But Trey's personality kind of hinders all that. Like, for example, I know the Hawks are doing a lot better recently, but that slow start early on, like, I think a lot of that comes down to Trey still just Mm. wanting to be the guy and not really trusting in his teammates. Um, There's a lot of things about Trey's game that don't really get me super excited. So I I say no about that. Now, one guy I was thinking of before my computer decided to restart. (laughs) Um, Did you guys mention Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, we've had the cat talk and we all said no. (laughs) Oh, See, that one's kind of fun, but uh, I do worry about the injury history there. Let's uh, let me throw another big at your at your guys's way. Matches Shea's timeline. Um, I, I, again, I don't know what you have to give up four picks for this guy. Maybe um, el- extension eligible this summer. Uh, Thunder just played against him. DeAndre Ayton. Ooh, 
That's interesting, except the Suns are going to want players back and not picks, I think, unless they have a target in mind that they can immediately use those picks to get a player around CP3, Booker, etc. That's not interesting. A fan. Not a fan. I kind of like I, that. but I just feel like in the modern NBA where you play basically positionless basketball, you can't have a dude that's like a pure center. You can't have a dude that's like a pure point guard shooter. You need to have somebody that's like a three stretch four that can that, that, that that's athletic. Uh, somebody like a Chris Bosch or like not exactly like Chris Bosch, but somebody like that or uh or oh the guy Siakam, you know, that guy that can play like that, or yep. somebody I like, like or, of course, like or you know, you got dudes like Jalen Brown who's like athletic and you know strong enough to do things, uh Jason Tatum. Dudes like that that are long, athletic, and play defense and can shoot the ball well. You're gonna need a wing because that's just how the modern NBA is. Like the old school NBA was, oh, you have a guy that can hold the ball, and do you guy do you have a guy that can play down low? Now it's hey, do you have guys that can do a lot of things that are super long and athletic instead of like the John Stockton Carl Malone days are over, the Kobe Shaq days are dead. You can't have one small guy and one massive guy. You have to have a lot of tweeners that kind of make the game go. Yeah. Now, one one franchise, I, I keep thinking about guards, kind of the common arts point there. Um, I, I know a big might be ideal to trade for if you're going to make that kind of trade to pair alongside Shea. But I keep thinking about another ball handler to pair alongside him. Um, really, ever since we got to watch him alongside CP3 last season and then seeing the leaps that Shea's made himself. This is a guy who isn't disgruntled, um, just signed a big extension, I believe. Um, but it's the kind of franchise that would be willing to take Pressy up on an offer like that. And I think of De'Aaron Fox and the Sacramento Kings. I kind of like that a lot. Two Kentucky and guys. Yeah. Comer just doesn't Comer. like any of these. Comer's Comer. like, dude, screw them all. We want to build through the draft too, but just it's hypothetically. Just garbage. <laughs> like De'Aaron Fox is yeah, I've I like him as a player, but I don't want to spend several draft picks on a guy like I, that's where it comes on, down, man. No? I'm yeah. not spending draft picks on these guys. I'd rather them just be awful and get those guys later down the road. Yep. Like unless it's the one I thing just, you can control. I also like it, I like the idea of holding on to all those draft picks because if you are able to find a team in the top five this draft or maybe next draft and target a player that you really really want. Um, that could really, you know, set this franchise up long term. Um, alongside Shea, like you, you can package those draft picks and move up. It's just so tough because I feel like any team who ha- like secures a top five pick in this draft, is there even an asking price, or do they pretty much just say, "Look, I know you have all these picks, but we we kind of want Jalen Green or Kaminga," and it obviously Suggs and Cunningham. I don't think anybody's trading anything for. Um, or neither yeah. of the and first two teams are going to trade. I just don't picks. want this team to fall into Portland's Damien CJ redundant backcourt sort of thing where they both like, are they, they both have one strength and then like you just find they're trying to like be relevant for the rest of your career. Dame's never going to win one in Portland. Neither is CJ and no, and nobody else on that team's going to win one. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to land that there. And it's like, you have to have, your other player be a wing. You need this. The, the league is starred for wings. And that's why that's another reason why it makes this draft so great is because there's plenty of wings. Yeah. Uh, two thoughts real quick. First on Taylor. Um, I mentioned this the other day on, on Twitter Taylor, but you know, a ton of people keep telling me it doesn't matter if the thunder don't land their own pick in the top five, they could just trade up into the top five. Let, let's say 
let's say uh, Detroit gets the number one overall pick, and you go to Detroit and you say, Detroit, we will give you seven firsts for the number one pick. Detroit is hoping that one of those seven picks becomes a player like Cade Cunningham. So why so would why they not, not just take, Cade? Yeah, yeah. You know, so Unless I don't think they're that's going to work out. Well, I can get a money Bates in the next draft or Chet, whatever his name is, and also have these other six picks. Like they'll think about it, but even then, I'm with you, Jacob. I yeah, don't I, think I don't they see do that it. happening. Agreed. Uh, Tommy, the, the last name we'll mention on our should the Thunder uh, trade for a current player list here uh since you have poo-pooed on every single one i love it keep the brand strong my brother i hope it's harrison barnes harrison barnes (laughs) steph curry last one before we move on i know you're gonna say yes the thunder should trade for this one i want to i want to figure out how many picks you say you would give up oh julius randall (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, not Julius Randle, but call me. I'd be like, shit, all 37 picks, send them over. You've already said his name a handful of times. What if Boston just got the itch to do something oh. different and gave up Jalen? Jalen, uh, I was Brown. saying Jalen Green, Jalen Brown. It's another I get color. the colors mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Brown. That Boston and- starts secretly gauging value for Jalen Brown this summer. How many picks are you comfortable with giving up to put him next to Shea Gojus Alexander? I uh, Jay def- Dorton Jalen is a formidable defensive. Team. I would definitely include at least three first rounders and maybe okay. some, maybe a pick swap or two. And then I would just slap a couple of a uh, second rounders on there for good luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Right. Right. Uh, and then of course, of course they would, they would want some probable, <laughs> probably want some player compensation too. Uh, yeah. so you can go ahead and give them bays and pretty much everybody else in the roster that I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> what if it included Dort? No, you, you make that executive decision. You yeah. do. You yeah. do. I think, I, I think so as because well. Jalen Brown is another yeah. wing who I honestly, like, I didn't think he was going to be that great coming out of Cal. Like I thought he would be good, but not as good as he has right. been. He's been a pleasant surprise. And I think he could really come into his own on his own role without Jason Tatum being like the, you know, the guy I, over there. I agree. I was I think about he to could say, be... especially this season. And I know Tatum's battling a lot. Um, I think, you know, still in a vacuum, Tatum's the best player and will be long-term. But Brown's really taking some big steps. Yep. And just with Tatum battling injuries as well as COVID um, and, and the after effects that he's had of COVID long-term, um, Brown has kind of been more consistent for them this season, I think. Even it's though a total Tatum's change of pace. Better, right? So, so here you pace. go. Yeah, Brown is playing the exact same minutes that he played last year, 33.9 minutes per game. But this season, he's at 24.5 points, up from 20 last season. Uh, His total rebounds have taken a small dip from last season, about half a rebound a game. He's at 5.7 right now. His assists have gone up from 2.1 to 3.6. His shooting percentage has stayed the same. His three-point percentage has ticked up 1%, even -hmm. though he's taking almost one more three Per what's game, that, what's that percentage? He's at thirty nine percent from three this season. Get Not that as man. In That's good. Man. Yeah, he is, uh, <laughs> what's, his, what's his free throw percentage? OKC is one of the worst uh, right now in free throws. <laughs> That's true. Um, you had that stat yesterday. Free throw percentage. He is a seventy six percent free throw shooter. Him uh, and for, Shea for his to career, seventy percent. Yeah. Um, mm. You know what excites me is whenever I watch Kaminga, I see a lot of Jalen Brown. I see a lot of Jalen Brown Except and Kaminga. Kaminga's bigger, right? Like I think I think he might be. 
Jalen's big though. Jalen is. Well, I mean, I mean, Kaminga's taller. Two twenty-five. Uh, I think Kaminga might be closer to six eight. Solid. So yeah, some good stuff. All right, guys. Well, uh, let's move on to the best part of the podcast. <laughs> Time for my favorite, the tank meter. <laughs> And that means that the number one pick in the NBA draft goes to. Call me our recovery your, your, <laughs> your way first. If the tank is full, the Thunder are full on tanking. If it's empty, they are pushing for the playoffs. After what you've seen this week, <laughs> where's the tank at? You know, Twitter has gone radio silence since the Thunder have been losing 40 point games and. Almost a 50-point game. They they just dodged the bullet. 48 <laughs> points, you know, last night. That was Worst a great game. And franchise history, I believe. Yep. Wow. That's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, the tank is full and they are they they are blatantly tanking. And what's interesting is that they are oh, man, they're running out of players with these concussed guys. And so, you know, Muskie's suddenly going to get better so he can suit up for a night or Shea's going to suddenly have a healed foot for an evening and he's going to be just fine. But then they're going to be like, oh, flared back up. Yeah, shutting this bitch down till till May 1st. Sorry, guys. He had one go at it. Uh, So they're going to start like not faking their injuries anymore. But yeah, that's it's full tank. There's no way you there's no way you can say they haven't been tanking like there. There's no way. Nate Sanders said in the chat that the car is overflowing with gas. gas yeah. Presty filled up the gas tank. And then have you guys seen this video going around on Twitter right now of this woman at the gas station and she's got the gas pump, but she's using it like it's uh, the car wash and she's like spraying gas all over the car. No, I haven't seen that. I'll find it and I'll retweet it from the pot account and say, this is where the tank meter is at because this woman is like, it's like she thinks it's the the wand at like the self serve car wash that you spray your car down, but it's just the gas tank. It's it's the the gas pump. She's just pouring gas all over her SUV. That's weird, man. That's where Sam Presti is at right now. Taylor, do you have any differing opinion there? No, uh, you have to go full tank, and I'm just going to go ahead and read off the injury report for you all for tomorrow. Um, so far, Shea Gills Alexander foot out. Darius Baisley shoulder out. Lou Dort, Josh Hall, Isaiah Roby concussions out. And Mike Muscala ankle <laughs> out. <laughs> All my guys getting brain bruises. We're playing. We're playing. The Thunder are playing head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly you know, what's happening here. It is interesting. We haven't heard many updates on Baisley's shoulder. Um, maybe it's intentional. Not. It's not it, real, right. Taylor. And then Lou Dort. You would. I mean, I, I get that. Again, concussion protocol is vague, and it takes some players longer than others, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but. Loose still oh, out. Concussion is the perfect tank excuse. One hundred percent. Nobody taught. Nobody messes with the brain injury. They're like, yeah, oh, right, right. Also, is, is, still is season <laughs> is season two Looney Tunes over? Hold on, go put go put season three in. It's okay, Lou. Don't be upset. And then it's so, like he misses another week. So, <laughs> um, counterpoint though, the Darius Baisley thing. I think if you want to tank even more, you clear him and let him play, yeah. and you let Kenny Hustle get the concussion. <laughs> right. Like I don't think holding Baisley out is anti or is part of the tank because True. Baisley just hasn't. Been I just think it's yet. interesting. We haven't had any updates on him. I'm curious how serious yeah. it is. And when does he come back? 
Um, same for Shea because, like, I mean, I, I I think even if this was last season and we're to the point where Presti decided to go ahead and go go on with this team, help see how far they can make it. Let's win games. Um, I think Shea still is probably setting out right now at this point of the season. I think the question is, I think they they said that he was going to be reevaluated like mid April. Mm-hmm. He may come it's back at that point that were last season, right? But this season, does he sit out until May? And I, that's what's going to be interesting to see. He's done. Yeah. I, I think he's probably done too. Uh, yeah. All right, before we end the tank meter, I got to ask you guys uh, because this week is a uh, quote unquote easy week for the Thunder, but then after this, uh, things pick up pretty significantly. But this week, the Thunder have Detroit, Charlotte, Cleveland, and Philly Ooh. all at home. I want to know your record predictions. Ooh. Oh, and four. There that we go. Ideal. That Ooh. would be ideal. You really think going four, Taylor? Are you going to own four as well? I'm gonna go two and two. <laughs> what? I see them. I know. I know. I I think they're gonna be kind no. of upset after these last two. I know. No. And I think we're gonna see like, you know, Kenny Hustle come out and drop like 25 or something no. ridiculous. And Roby's gonna get out concussion protocol. I don't know. I I think they probably end up being Detroit and probably end up beating sh- the corpse of Charlotte right no. now. Let me, no. let me tell you what's going to happen is the thunder tip off at what? Six. Is that a 6 PM tip at home? Tomorrow? And then they're going to tank That's and get the strange. game over and That's go and watch that typically that 7 is PM at home, like local time. But anyways, they're, the and thunder are going to tip off and Presti is going to have the thunder game on one screen and the national championship game on another th- screen. He's going to see Jalen Suggs and he's going to like, pick up his phone and he's going to call down <laughs> Mark Dagnall and say, get Kenny hustle out of the game right now. And he's going to hang up. And then five minutes later, he's going to call back and he's going to say, um, whoever the hell else is healthy. <laughs> Put uh, Poku in at point. Do it. Yeah. Um, so-and-so has got a sprained toe. Take him out right now. And he's going to hang it up. Um, yeah. I, they, he is going to want to, uh, so the drop championship game. game doesn't start. I was looking at that today because it's perfect. I'm excited. The national championship game doesn't start until like 820 or something. So oh. we can technically kind of watch both. I mean, I know it'll overlap there barely, but uh, perfect. There you go. Well, uh, last thing on the tank meter. Oh, uh, as- Silver said all early games because of the national championship. So they played for it. Oh, there you go. Um, the Thunder today on Sunday finally climbed up a spot on the Tankathon rankings as the Chicago Bulls finally got around to winning a damn game. Uh, <laughs> they beat the corpse of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so Chicago is just a few fractions. Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. A few fractions above Oklahoma City, 0.408 to 0.417, a half game up on the Thunder. So Oklahoma City is currently in the eighth spot. They are only one game ahead of Toronto. If they would have lost that Toronto game last week, the Thunder would actually be in the seventh spot. But they're one game ahead of Toronto, two and a half up on Washington, and three up on Orlando and Cleveland. So that four spot is still a possibility. Um, I'm going to hit Sim Lottery once on Tankathon just to see what happens. <laughs> We're really banking on getting that, that Houston pick. <laughs> and nothing good happened. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Thunder stayed at eight. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we're going to hope that doesn't happen on, on, on lottery night. Yeah. But I, I think the Thunder will continue to climb the board. I think the goal, I, th- I think the most realistic spot that you can hope for is five. Anything above that, I think, is wishful thinking. I think the the only one you have a legit shot at is is five. I think four is too high. So, yeah. all right, guys. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up with a little bit of around the association. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Like any good team, Hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. I don't even know where you're sitting at. all right so the nba this week there's a handful of things that have happened Uh, i just want to run through a few quick ones real quick Paul Pierce won. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I swear to God, Taylor. I, I swear to God, if you ruin this buyout joke for me, I'm going to quit the podcast. I'm going to quit the podcast. I should have known you had something. Let's just go straight into the buyout market situation, or at least we can get into it later. But before Taylor ruins my joke that I was saving till the end, I was going to say ESPN and TNT working at a buyout contract with. Paul Pierce with strippers shaking the booties. And then he, he tweeted, good morning, like three good hours morning. later. 
Somebody it, no, said it was like that one of the strippers like, was his wife. I don't know if that's true oh or not. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like the rumor was he thought he was FaceTiming somebody, but he was Instagram lighting. So I don't know if that was... well, you know he had the two phones out, right? Just think about this. <laughs> this man shit himself on live TV, and that's not his most embarrassing moment in like so the twenty first century. He also tried to remember when he tried to do the rocket emoji and he yeah. like posted yeah. the image of the rocky yeah. rocket emoji <laughs> he's so old oh my god Ugh. yeah he's the Dude, truth he's all right lit lit yeah, he, he was he was he was on fuse yeah, <laughs> yeah. Woo! that what man guy. two uh, two people shaking their butts taylor i swear to god you try to take <laughs> that joke away from me you try to steal it i was this close Oh man! All right. Well, uh, actual NBA players in the buyout market. Uh, anything uh, surprise you? There's a lot of debates going on right now about how the buyout market is inherently unfair for small market teams. Uh, any any big thoughts on any of the buyout stuff? Surprise! Gorgie Jang went to uh, the That's Spurs. What I was went to the Spurs. Marcus Aldridge to the Nets when we all thought Miami. Um, anything jump out at you guys? Anything significant? Anything move the needle? Nah. Not, mm. not, no, because like the Nets were already going to win a lot of games with or without LaMarcus Aldridge. They don't yeah. need him. He's just a body there. I, I don't know how much playing time he gets with Blake there, too, because Blake, this man been sagging, sandbagging everybody in Detroit, saying, oh, I'm not athletic. My knees are hurt. And the first game he plays, he jumps out the gym. So, like, yeah. he didn't even want to be in Detroit. It's kind of like Reggie Jackson drop-stepping and windmill dunking when he's, like, actually hurt. And, like, then... People wanted to come after him, and he was like, oh, I thought I sucked, according to Twitter. I was like, Blake, shut up, you pansy <laughs> ass. Like, really? That's what you're going to fall back on? But no, none of the buyout stuff. It really, and nobody even cares. Like, isn't it weird that both LA teams are three and four in the West? I'm not. It really is. By like, sizable margins, injuries, by three I'm going to tell you something. Maybe hot take. Phoenix is ahead of the Lakers by three games and by like six for the Clips. The Lakers have their two best players hurt. That one's excusable. And no. I just don't think the Clippers are very good. LeBron just I got hurt just the, the other night. I think that the the Clippers Jazz. are going to sneak into the second round and then get blitzed. Yeah. I do really think, do. I agree. You think Utah's for real? Because I don't think they're for real. I think they're I for think real they until like the... Noise. To the Western Conference Finals, but like you go up I against think, the healthy Lakers. I think we got a chance if the Lakers don't get healthy quick enough. I think we got a chance of a Utah Denver Western Conference Finals. That'd be wild. I'm gonna tell you this: wild Utah, along with their fan base, who's we've known is not that great. Uh, they get <laughs> the diabetes sometimes. <laughs> their diabetes um, get the best of them. They are going to <laughs> lose. In six <laughs> games in the second round, can it? You got Utah losing six games in the second. Okay, Ooh. okay. Mark it down. I'll take one of your bets. <laughs> I will. Uh, bets. Sure, I'll take that. And I'm putting Denver and Phoenix in the in the Western Conference Finals. Then, dang. Ooh. Okay, well, you pump the brakes, buddy. Like it's not that serious. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> We're firing them off here. Um, yeah, I, I don't think any buyout moves have really um, no. moved the needle. When much. was the last buyout move to really make a big difference, though? That's a good question. Personally, I think Derek Fisher to the Oklahoma. No, I was about to say. I was going to say. I was going to say Joe Johnson from the Big Three into the NBA. You know. That, oh yeah, he a, did pretty good. That was yeah, fun for a good three I games. And they said no. Yeah. 
That's a good point, though. We um, went to uh, Andre we Drummond's went to a free game before too. That was fun. That yeah, was I think fun. the Andre. Well, yeah, the Andre Drummond one I think is going to prove to be pretty, pretty substantial. Can't play defense. Can't, hurt can't play defense. You yeah. don't have to. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing right now. Stay on this side of the floor the entire game. <laughs> um, other around the association news. Uh, we kind of already hit this, but I wanted to ask you guys post trade deadline conference finals picks. Ooh, who do you like, got in the East and the West in the conference finals ooh. now that all the dust has settled and really all the, the moves have been made? Net Sixers, I like, I like, I, I would do that too. Western Conference, Phoenix Lakers, Ooh, I like it, I Phoenix like that a lot. I like yeah, it. man. They because now Devin Booker has a real point guard. Like and like, I'm telling you guys, last year when they had Rubio, I was like, they're doing really well at the beginning of the season because they have a real point guard. And of course, as time always tells, Rubio just falls apart. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the Suns didn't have as many uh, playmakers. They didn't have Jay Crowder, and they didn't have a decent coaching staff. And now you've got CP3 to take over, and then now you have D- Devin Booker just to actually play shooting guard. And they have DeAndre Ayton there, Michael Bridges. They got a lot of nice dudes and a lot of guys buying into that system. Clearly, where they're just playing really well, and they beat the Thunder by forty something points. And- Defensively, they've been really good. And when you have Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder to throw on the opposing team's best wing players, yeah, that's fun. That's pretty good. I just don't and like Tory Craig now too. Yeah. yeah, that's true. They had another I don't- defender. I don't like that their stadium, their arena is called like Talking Stick Resort, and I don't like that their <laughs> mascot is a gorilla. It makes me feel weird. You don't like yeah, the that gorilla? Was the gorilla no. is iconic, man. What's the gorilla have to do with the sun? Do you like him more than the uh, the Spurs Coyote high on speed? <laughs> no. Crack Coyote. I like the coyote because coyotes in West Texas, those fit together. What does the If you put the gorilla on the sun, he'd melt. You put anything on the sun, it'll melt. That's what I'm saying. So then why would you not have a, a sun as your mascot? You just want some guy walking around in a big old orange circle? <laughs> have you never seen Semi-Pro? They did it. They well, you know what? Scared. I still think the gorilla is cool, all right? <laughs> give me a break. Uh, you think they you think they give him bananas for snacks? God, I hope so. Like for potassium because he's running around like crazy? <laughs> so they don't cramp? I hope he just goes out the, uh, at midcourt during like a timeout. You know how Rumble will like jump Go out, on yeah. T-H-U-N-D-R. <laughs> I hope he just goes out there and bunch of bananas. Just beats the shit out of his chest. That would make me so excited. If I, I was in, if I was in the arena that war. happened, I would lose my mind. I'd be like, let's go. All right, Taylor, who are your Eastern and Western Conference finals predictions? <laughs> so East, I'm going uh, the Nets, obviously, but – I know you guys really like the Sixers. Mm-hmm. I'm sticking with Giannis and the Bucks. Come on, right. I'm, they, I'm they have that reputation. They've fallen short in the postseason. No. I think they're ready. They're ready. They, Drew just signed no. his extension. Pretty big time. Um, I'm going Bucks. Bucks Nets, and then I'm going to be rooting for the Suns. But what I think it will be, um, just based off the regular season, which never tends to really play out the playoffs, other than like the elite teams, but. Um, I'm going to go with the Lakers and the Jazz in the Western Ugh. Conference Finals. I like that. I think we get Nets Lakers in the championship. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree. Big markets. It's rigged. It's Fake rigged. News. It's always rigged. It's always rigged. All right. Well, I had something else planned for the end of the um, 
the around the association. We're going to talk about Space Jam 2. But you know what? I don't want to talk about Space Jam 2 because I got a better idea. <laughs> Another better thing that happened around. Good. Oh, it's real good. Get ready, call me out, because I'm coming straight to you. It better be bet- almost as good as my Paul Pierce buyout joke. That it, it, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Another thing that happened this week in the NBA was Kevin Durant got very upset in the DMs. Oh, oh Rappaport. Rappaport. Very yeah. upset in the DMs. And so my question for you, call me R, <laughs> is when has an NBA player got upset with you in the DMs or just on that Twitter was, in general? Because yes. you've got a couple of them, I think. Come on, man. <laughs> I, gonna, I feel seen. Well, one There's time. Targeted. Least, right? You know what? You know, one time... I feel good about this. It, it <laughs> speaks to my character. I knew something was up with this guy. It was while exactly where you're going with this. It one. was while he was in Portland. Yes. I was like, man, Myers Myers Leonard, and this is when like he wasn't a household name for being a racist. Um, but <laughs> he wasn't yelling anti-Semitic slurs yeah, on Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was and, just like, shotgunning uh, beers. God, but uh, I want at one point. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make fun of this man on Twitter because he deserves it. I said, I bet Myers Leonard drinks tea from Starbucks and wears Birkenstocks. And he <laughs> blocked me. <laughs> no Sorry. reply, nothing. Just nothing. Block. Just straight up block. And I was like, come on, Myers. What's he got against Starbucks and Birkenstocks? I mean, well, everything, apparently. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then the other one was Kelly Oubre, who former Thunder great Kelly Oubre. Uh, you know how his hair is. The ladies love Kelly Oubre, by the way. That, that do you think the true. ladies? Do you think the ladies love Kelly Oubre more than white middle aged women in Oklahoma loved Serge Ibaka? No, and it's okay. not close. Yeah, because women in Oklahoma were, were wild and when Serge was they here. But were. I, I can promise you, over fifty percent of the, this sounds wrong. Uh, 50% of the women in Oklahoma, no offense, women, I would have this picture saved too, but Serge Ibaka oh, in the, the gray sweatshorts. Sweatpants, yeah. <laughs> That's an iconic picture Cannon. in Thunder Lore. Yeah, it is, it is. But uh, yeah, I is when that Kelly Oubre's hair. worth the first round pick. Kelly's, oh my God. <laughs> Kelly Oubre's hair was like in that mohawk sort of thing. His head, the, the sides were still like shaved. And I was like, this man straight up looks like a llama. So I tweeted at him. I was like, hey. llama or llama? I said, Kelly Oubre's hair is whack. This dude looks like a llama. And then post game after OKC actually won that game, he said, you spelled whack wrong. I used <laughs> I used W-H-A-K-A-C-K and it's W-A-C-K. <laughs> so there you go. He took he he embarrassed me for Boom my roasted for. Yeah, it can spell whack the right whack. Several different whacks. Taylor, have you ever had uh, a famous person in the DMs or on Twitter Ooh. attack you? Hmm. Eh. No, I've had some pretty cool, like, like uh, I'm trying to remember. I've had some people, like, reply, maybe, something like that, but nothing. Mark Spears got in my DMs one time. I remember that really? one. Well. I don't yeah. remember that one. Yeah, no, it was, this was a long time ago huh. um, when... They talked about the Oakland Raiders and how they're going to charge $15 per beer in Oakland. I was like, dude, no Oakland fan is going to pay $15 for beer. And like, like, how can you even afford $15 for a beer? And then he DMs me. He was like, this Oakland Raiders fan can afford $15 <laughs> for a beer. I was like, I was like, good for you, Mark. 
Weird. I was like, yeah, yeah, I was putting myself I was like, into that. This I'm is like, weird. I'm not paying fifteen dollars for a beer. It was a game. weird situation. <laughs> it was a weird situation, and so that was it. Uh, I only have a for him for defending his yeah. team selling yeah. fifteen dollar beer. I had Jeremy Lamb in the DMs one time. Um, <laughs> Perk. I had tweeted with Perk. Um, he was supposed to meet me at Bobo's um, and then I got to Bobo's and I waited and I waited and I waited and the dude stood me up. Uh, another fun story. Perk one year did a, uh, a black history month trivia for some really big prize, like a grand or something. And one of my buddies got it right. And Perk DM'd him and was like, Hey, you won. Congratulations. Blah, blah, blah. Never sent him a prize and just ghosted him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, the good old Kendrick Perkins. He was probably too busy getting his wife out of a fist fight in the nail salon. So, <laughs> hey, don't to, don't talk bad about no don't talk bad about vanity. Uh, you think Perk dressed up in that uh, that Catholic boy outfit for uh, Easter today? You know that picture I'm talking about when he was a kid, like yeah. a six foot kid. He was like, like twelve, six six foot six, <laughs> like wearing the full like. Looking like the Pope outfit, it was pretty pretty I awesome. Just, I just love the fact that his child's name is Stone. Like, oh, Stone Cold. That. This that's that's a cool name, Stone cool name. Perkins. That is pretty cool. I like Stone that. Stone Cold Perkins. All right, guys. Well, let's get out of here. Thank you all for checking out the podcast. If you guys were in the chat tonight, man, we appreciate you. We love seeing you guys interact. If you're listening to the podcast version, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed. If you did. Go drop that five-star rating. Leave us a little blurb, a blurb on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it help, will really help us out. It helps other people see the podcast as well. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your friends, tell your siblings, tell the guy down the street about the uncontested. We will be back with you again in about 24 hours after the Thunder take on the Detroit Pistons and a battle for the tank. I think Nick has the post game tomorrow. So you guys can hop on Locker Room and hang out with him live or listen right here on the podcast feed after that one drops. We'll be with you every Thunder game this week as long as Calmier doesn't do them and doesn't miss hey, out on oh, Chill, <laughs> chill, chill. God. You guys have a great start of your week. If you're in Oklahoma, man, enjoy the weather. It's going to be beautiful this week. Warm temperatures, sunny skies. Love it. It's not, a, not very tanky weather, but hey, we'll take it. And we will see you guys again soon after the Thunder take on the Detroit Pistons. Until then, and as always, Thunder up and tank up. Hashtag fade for Cave. Suck for Suggs. That's my favorite one. That one makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> a lot. It's like that guy on Firepest. <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
and hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.